How are you doing today? I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm in lovely historic Toulouse, France. Um, their motto is Toulouse. What have you got to lose? Uh, do is the place where you were staying? Does, does it have like what's the the Peloton bike situation? No Peloton bike situation. Hotel tonight lied to me about whether or not there were house bikes, which I was really looking forward to. Um, but it does overlook Pont Neuf, um, no. which means I believe um, means New Bridge. Yeah, I think that's right. Right. And they happened. There's many of these. I thought Pont Neuf was like a thing in Paris, but no, it's like a thing everywhere. So. It's just, you know, I think like one year they built a bunch of new bridges and nobody like coordinated about which one gets to get called it. That's right. That's right. Um, I believe it was uh, Manzard that, uh, that made that decision. Uh, <laughs> if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, you might be mistaken. Uh, uh, what do you, so what do you have going on in, in your bike life, uh, this week? Um, nothing. I'm doing core workouts as prescribed for me by my coach at cycle smart. And I otherwise I'm doing nothing but trying to, to eat better. I've also signed up for, uh, shred science as a result of listening to, um, CX hairs. So I'm really excited about that. I am probably going to be eating an ungodly amount of protein pretty soon. So for now, I'm just trying to fire in as many croissants as I can get. How about you? Uh, yeah, so this week, so I, I was pretty sick last week, like just before the weekend. I almost didn't end up racing. You know, just recovering from the weekend, cleaning the bikes, ended up gluing up some new tubulars yesterday. So hopefully those those are going to be good to go by Saturday. I, I think they will. Um and uh, doing a couple exercises, a couple workouts, a couple trainer roads. And while I did not uh, sign up for Shred Science, that same podcast that you're referencing uh, inspired me to dig back out my food scale and fire back up the my Fitness Pal food tracking app that I used, you know, maybe a year and a half ago, pretty religiously. And so. I don't know when I'm going to start focusing on it, but uh, it's definitely like, it's really depressing to start thinking as burnt out as, as I feel, like to start thinking about what winter is going to be like for training. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, we're close to the time where you need to start really thinking about how you're going to train over the winter, which, <laughs> which uh, yeah, it kind of, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm currently not very excited about it even because I, I don't like bikes right now. Oh, you're going to like bikes as soon as this weekend. Well, I actually, I mean, I felt that way. I felt the same way in the middle of the week last week and, uh, you know, liked bikes in the middle of racing them this weekend as well. I think hey, it's just the whole, and you finally part. had a result. Yeah. I got a, I got a third place in a four or five race. Do you like my non plummet? I uh, finally got a result. <laughs> As opposed, to, I mean, I, I, anything outside of the points is is uh, for upgrading is not a result for me. Um, I keep I keep consistently getting what I've been calling colored place, which is whatever position is just outside of getting a single upgrade point. Um, and this weekend you got three. I got I got it. Yeah, I, I think I got at, at at most three, just based on the size of the field. No worries. Um, my colleague Hannah is in the. The call is actually a podcast. I have to record a podcast. Are you on it? I'm on it now. It's fine, though. It's going to be edited. No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave this in. Uh, <laughs> so so what, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the smaller races closer to New York. Um, I believe there's three of them. And then uh, at the end of the episode, uh, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to get on a call with a special guest to talk about the big race that's happening near New York uh, this weekend. So um, uh, with that, let us begin with uh, with my race, if that's okay with you, Clay. Sure, I guess the pre-ride's open. Oh, yeah. So Car uh, Carry on. With, carry so on. With that, so with that, 
Uh, let's talk about the races. I'm not doing it. You're not going to do it? No. The pre-ride is open. <laughs> Excellent. All right, so uh, this first one to talk about is Bubble Cross. And it's your... I think I feel like this is your favorite race. This is... So I the way I felt about this race, uh, or and still feel about this race, is the way that I think I'm going to look back on Stouts. Where it's like, it's a small race, it is... Uh, early in the morning and you sort of show up and, and you're sort of just going through the motions. You're not really, you don't really know what to expect. And then somewhere in the middle of the race, you think, holy crap, this is fun. And it's one of, and that's what happened to me last year. So, so it was my first, first race. It was probably like, sorry, it was like my sixth race. And, you know, I had done a couple, gotten okay results, was sort of getting, getting used to, uh, the cross season and waking up early and doing a, uh, doing a race. And, uh, we show up at this, this course, um, and we didn't really know what to expect. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of people there and it just ends up being a really, really well put together, uh, course. Um, uh, this year, unfortunately it's not a two day race. It's a single day race. And, um, what they've decided to do is go with, my favorite uh, configuration, which is which ended up being day two last year. Um, this, but this race, you know, I make a joke. This race, this course does have everything. It's got it's got long gravel stretches. It's got uh, grassy climbs, like a longer climbs. It's got off camber, just like back and forth descents. It's got two sand pits, one which is a little bit shorter with a turn in it, and then another really really long sand section. Um, it's really wide. Uh, it's also got some like uh, like a rock garden and uh, not necessarily the same way that mountain bike does, but for cross, it's got rock garden. It's got dusty uh, run-ups. Uh, it, it just has, it. They, it's like somebody looked at a list of all the obstacles that could be in a cross race and just said, yes, we'll take all. So the way that, uh, the, way that the, the, the start works is, is and there's no like special prologue that's outside of the course and then they rip it off. They just start you right in the middle of uh, the lap. So so there's this long straightaway near the top um, and it's annotated on the, and you can, so make sure you check our Instagram for the, the course maps, but it's the part that says go fast. Um, and uh, right at the top, it's this long gravel straightaway that shoots you straight up this sort of back and forth long climb um, mm. that wraps around. And then, uh, and then you have an equally long off camber with a couple turns descent, basically right back down. Um, if I recall, that section's pretty bumpy. Uh, it's bumpy. It it really yes, it's bumpy, and it varies on how wide and and narrow different parts are. So it mostly gets narrow for the turns, and then opens really wide up for any of the straightaways. And that's true for whether you're going uphill or down the hill. So uh, right off the start, like you're going to need to put down some power to to try to get ahead of people before all those before the turns. But the 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 pinch point itself doesn't really happen until like well after you've climbed the course and, and uh, mm -hmm. or climbed that hill. Um, and and so on all those straightaways, you really need to make an effort to get ahead of as many people as possible. Once you're coming down that descent, you're going to be going fast and. You're going to be, you know, a little cross-eyed from the start and from the, from that, that climbing. But, but what you want to make sure you do is you get ahead of as many people as possible, lap after lap, right? Because what happens after you do that descent is that first short sand section. Um, and, you know, it's, I remember the, I think the line was on the inside last year, but, mm -hmm. uh, so who knows what it's going to be this year. Um, but it has, it has this turn in it. And uh, right at the very end, there's like a little lip up from where the sand section is to the, to the road. And so you need to be able to carry some speed to, to make it over that. And it's going to be, I think for the earlier races, um, you know, even, even the fours, it's, it's going to be pretty silly to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, and, then, and then you, right after that section, you, you cross the, the, the finish line. Um, and so you, your, your first lap is officially starting. Uh, right then through the finish you've got uh, this wooded section kind of narrow kind of off camber um, there is a really really steep uphill thing that I think maybe the you know the, the p12s were riding 
Um, maybe, but uh, uh, I, I would say probably just run it this year. Um, yeah, the high-level fours were mostly running that last year. Yeah. And, uh, and then it sends you through like what, you would, what I would describe as like a pretty typical uh, cross course um, for, for like a little bit. You're in, you're in a grassy field, maybe a couple off-camber turns, some barriers, and then it shoots you around through to uh, back into a, into a wooded section. And, and this next, these next like, I would say, I would say it's two separate sections just back to back. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, a wooded area with like an interesting descent that you can get going kind of fast, but it's not complicated. Uh, a, a, like an up and an up and around and down through this, uh, like on mulchy stuff. So just, um, it's not complicated, but it's going to prevent people from, from, uh, trying to pass you or it's going to prevent you from being able to pass somebody next to you or ahead of you. Yeah. Um, that loose stuff can always be done faster than people think they can go. Um, mm-hmm. if you just sort of like let the bike roll over the stuff. So I wouldn't get too, too sketched out about that section. Yeah. I mean, I remember it, it, it was, it was really early in my, I, I had zero skills when I did this race last year and I definitely felt like I could have gone faster, but it was, you know, the least of my worries in terms of the technical aspects of this course. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right after that though, you've got kind of a, uh, you've got a little bit of room that you could make a big push to pass somebody because what, what you do next is this, this climb, um, up into this, like, it's like rocky and it's, there's loose parts. It's kind of, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, like a ditch almost like there's high sides on both the left and the right and there's, and there's turns. And so you've got this climb up into the woods, into this almost single track um, area, uh, which I was getting, I was getting passed on, I think on every single lap last year. And I, I don't know why, I don't know if I wasn't putting enough power down. I don't know if I wasn't turning correctly, but, but it's a section you, that, that takes, you have to, you, know, you have to be sat down, you have to be in a big gear so you don't spin out and you have to be going fast. So you don't have to get off your bike and run. Um, and, and I, I just remember it being fun but also really really hard so so that's so you that's you climbing up into this into like the single track area and then you you basically go straight for a little bit uh, just trying to avoid some of these big rocks Uh, you can get you can definitely strike your pedal on some of them they're big enough um and it's really rooty and so if you're you know if you're running if you're not running tubeless or tubular you know look out uh for what pressure you're trying to run there um, and even still just like, just be aware that you're going to have, it's going to be a pretty bumpy up there, but, but fast. And then almost as soon as you get up top of this hill on the single track area, you turn around and go down a very fast, pretty technical, complex, pay attention descent right into sand, right into the very long sand section. Uh, Clay, do you have any thoughts on that descent into the sand? Yeah, we we were actually chatting about this in Slack, and the the line that we all remember taking was uh, more to the left at the beginning, and then there's a point to cut over halfway sort of down the hill, and there's a like a berm on the right hand side that you can ride out really fast into the sand, so you end up with a little extra speed, and it actually kind of like launches you out into it, so you don't actually ride into it, you kind of jump into it. And yeah, it's, it's it's just like a drop almost yeah. into the sand. So you, you have to, you know, keep your weight back on that kind of thing. And if you really commit to it, you should be able to carry a lot of speed sort of halfway through that sand pit so you don't have to get off and run, but also so that you can get to the harder portion of the sand that comes later on um, on this beach surface. So it is it is a really long sand section. Um, yes. And like 10 seconds. I think I was riding, I think I, I rode it every single time and I think at two laps I had to get off, uh, maybe like an arm's length away from, from the grass. Cause I just lost the speed or was trying to pass someone or saw someone out of the corner of my eye and stopped paying attention to what I was doing. Um, but it's, it is a, it is an area where if you feel comfortable in sand, you can really put a huge gap on somebody behind you. 
mm-hmm. if they if they are less comfortable. You know, if there's this thing where if 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 you can if you can just dig a little bit uh, into or through certain technical sections that you feel comfortable in, uh, you can cause the person who's trying to follow you to to go faster than they normally would to kind of freak out a little bit. And when people go faster than they plan on going, uh, they usually mess up. So. It's a it's a good place for you to for you to try something and try to get away, but also to but also to make sure that you don't <laughs> make make sure you don't fall over. Um, uh, and then once you get out of the sand, it's uh, you know nothing too crazy. You sort of come, whip around, uh, go through the playground, um, which is just sort of some turns. It it it's fast, but it's not um, you know not too not too difficult. This then sends you down a long straightaway, uh, sort of off towards, um, uh, like hooking back around towards the woods, um, and then you end up uh, right back at the start finish line. Um, all those places are going to be places where you, where the stronger people, the the people who are who are still dealing with or still have residual road fitness, um, or or you know are good time trialists, are going to be able to catch back up to you. Um, as long as they haven't broken their bike or their bodies. And, uh, and then because what happens is after these two straightaways, uh, you know, you, you're right back at that, that start line and then you have to climb this grassy, the grassy climb again. It, it looks like they cut out that long straightaway section that they had last year that wrapped around like that far bathroom building. Yeah. It was a little gazebo. That's the word I was yeah. looking for. And gazebo. yeah, it, yeah, it where it says start line staging, that's where, that's sort of where that that was. Um, the this map might be just missing it because of um, you know who knows why. Uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It does look like they they cut out an extra, an, basically two extra straightaways um, as a result. And yeah, that turn I I now remember that turn like just as you were coming out of the turn around the gazebo. There was like a root on the inside that you could have yeah. sort of like it caused you to sort of wiggle a little bit. Um, Trickier than it should have been. Yeah, I think that's basically right. you said that already. Yeah, um, and I just ignored you. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, that's that's the course. It it has it has a lot of really cool technical things. I think you know if you are able to uh, put down some power and really focus and remember to breathe through. Um, through some of like the more normal or 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 straighter or sorry through some of the more normal you know grassy regular turns that you find at, at all the other cross races you might have done this year up here, um, just remembering to breathe through those turns to get ready for to to be to like to be ready to go through these super technical sections. Um, there's a chance that 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 you're gonna have a pretty good pretty good result. Yep. Great. It's a great course. Great small race. Definitely um, huge thanks to uh, the promoter, BJ Kish, for sending over the map to us a little bit early. And we're going to get that on Instagram um, ASAP with some annotations yeah, uh, by Colin. Yeah, we got a whole bunch of new annotations. Uh, there's one more. Um, oh, sorry. There's one more thing I wanted to say. I just wanted to mention the, uh, the, the prizes. Um, he sent a long email. Okay, so yeah, so BJ said that the um the, the promoter wanted to let us know that the uh it's gonna be it's the largest elite payout in the series. Um, fifteen hundred bucks going five uh, results deep, which is pretty good, and a G G Shock watch for the winner. Um, I believe that's for both the men and the women. Uh, you know, I hope so. Super random. That's pretty pretty crazy. Uh, the non-junior prizes are going to be uh, are provided from a High Point Brewery, Ramstein Beer Growlers. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and you can get it filled at the store the day you win or the day the, the day of the race. Um, there's a store, the Vreeland store, which I assume is nearby the course. Um, there's going to be preems for amateur races from Richie, Giant, Jameis, All City, and Scratch, uh, which is pretty cool. Um and for the the women riders, uh, there is apparently a stu- a super stealth prize from Trek coming for the three four five race, uh, three four five women's race. Uh, okay, so that's bubble cross. Clay, why don't you tell us about the race that you're doing on Saturday? Uh, so I've got 
two races this weekend, and I'll be going through uh, what are both part of the PACX series as well as the Brewers Cup series. So Sly Fox is part of PACX, but doesn't seem to be part of the beer series as far as I can tell. And Victory on Sunday is part of the PACX and is the third out of four races, as far as I can tell so far, um, in that Brewers Cup, where Swashbuckler and Stouts were one and two. So Sly Fox is on Saturday. It's in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, which is about, you know, just over two hours away from the city if you're driving early in the morning. And the race is on the Sly Fox site that has been there since 2012, but the brewery is founded in 1995. And just a few facts on, on the brewery. Um, funny thing, they actually, before they got into running these cyclocross races on the site, from 2004 to 2014, uh, they ran a goat race to celebrate their Bach beer. <laughs> um, and I just saw on Wikipedia that there was one year, actually the, the final year that they, they ran the competition, there was some sort of uh, controversy for the winner. I didn't look any further than that because I, I really can't be bothered to find out what the controversies are for a goat race champion. So whatever. Um, but it's pretty small brewery, uh, great beer and a great event. They produce 3,600 barrels a year, whereas Victory on Sunday is like a properly big, basically international uh, scale brewery uh, putting out 125,000 barrels per year out of Downingtown, Pennsylvania. So if you're into beer, this is a great uh, weekend to combine both of your hobbies, beer and cyclocross. Um, Sly Fox, I did sort of on a whim last year for the first time. I did Cutstown the day before, and then somebody mentioned that it was just a, a really fantastic race. So I went and registered day of, because there's always people who don't show up on the day of the race. So you can always, if you get there on time, you can always usually get into these races that seem to be full on bike reg um, and just sort of work from the back of the pack. And it's actually a really, really fantastic race for folks that have a lot of technical skill and are able to put in a really big first lap. So um, last year, just case in point, I went from the last person in the field registering day of to about um, eighth. And I think I ended up like in 12th on the day, which sort of by the end of the race. Um, but I was in eighth after the first sort of few corners because there's just a lot of space for people to get around. So I, I made a sort of custom map for um, for this event that um, sort of goes off of the 2016 race, based, basically look, looking at the, uh, the Strava file and trying to match it up with my own memory. Because Sly Fox doesn't put out a, um, a map as far as I can tell. They just say, you know, it's going to be a little bit different year on year and look out for changes, but know that it's always going to go up and over our sort of traditional run up. So it, it starts on a road, uh, like a big, wide, proper road, and then runs, it feels like almost like a quarter mile up this road before it bends into uh, some grass and then eventually into a really kind of aggressive wood section. So this is why it's such a good a good race for folks that have mountain biking skills as well as um, a good reserve of power. You can get out in front of folks and then it's really kind of hard to pass on this course except for on the road. Like fully, I would say three quarters of the lap, uh, really, really tough to pass. And then you've got this slightly uphill drag on the road that is, again, sort of a, a hard place to pass, even though it's wide, because, you know, it's just a, a challenging section for anybody that doesn't have like tons of, of sort of crit strength, let's say. Um, there's a few sections on this course that I like to like think of as as individual portions. There's one that I circled as sort of generally slow and tricky. That's all on grass. It's sort of 
90 degree, 180 degree turns on grass in very short succession. Some of the smallest, like 180 degree turns that I've seen in most courses. And these are just going to be slow. And the thing to do is to not put the bike down in this section. Got to stay on top of the bike, keep moving. Uh, don't worry that you're going slow because everyone is going slow. And then you drop into this wood section, usually after a log up and over, and you are going down a really, really fast, quite steep descent that if you're not you know, comfortable descending on a bike, you're going to want to check this out in pre-ride and get it to a, a point where you can do the whole thing from top to bottom without hitting the brakes and not, and not get sketched out because there's two ways to get up this massive run-up, which is about 20 stairs, and they're the kind of stairs that are like just logs on the side of a, of a hill. And that's on the left side, but on the right side, you can actually ride the whole way up if you've got enough speed uh, and not enough strength. But the main thing to do here is to try to carry as much speed as you possibly can so you don't have to burn a bunch of matches going up that hill. Whereas someone who's more skilled than you and more fearless than you is not going to worry about that. You pop off of that hill into like the biggest cyclocross party that I've seen at a race because they bring the beer out pretty early and they have a great announcer. They've got great music and like a thousand people each year used to show up to this goat thing. And it seems like people still like Sly Fox just knows how to how to throw a party. And they've got in this area, sort of the right-hand side by the start the start and finish line, they've got just the most turns that you've ever seen packed into a tiny patch of grass on the side of it, not really on the side of a hill, but running into the, the wood section. So you go through a bunch of 180-degree turns going over some planks and then onto one of the steeper off-cambers that you'll see all season. Do some more 180 degree turns, and then you drop into this flowy, fast, and sort of technical dirt section that isn't quite as, um, let's say, scary for some people as the down and up on the run-up piece that I was just talking about, but it's still a, a place where you can gain or lose significant time if you're not feeling confident in your dirt skills. You then come out over a rideable log typically. And again, it might change, right? Uh, or they say it will change. And then again, tons and tons of off-cambers. This section that I've marked as off-camber is off-camber on both sides. It's kind of like a, a triangle-shaped berm. And you do a little W there before going by the pit. And then you have one, two, three-ish straightaways to catch up to whoever you're trying to catch up to before the finish line uh, straight, which is on a road. Um, it is possible to catch people from that corner, but you really want to be starting to make some distance if someone's chasing you, or you want to get right on their wheel for that last 180 degree turn onto the road for the finish. You're at the brewery, so you can buy beer there in uh, quantity, but you can also get it directly on the course and you can even pre-purchase beers, um, at, on bike reg, so you can get some uh, some certificates to get cheaper beer um, at the course. One thing to to note is that because there's all these 180 degree turns, there's there's really great sight lines and great spectating, and a lot of really good heckling. So, you know, bring your your best heckling ideas, and also um, don't get too mad when people make fun of how you ran the ran the ride up. So uh, get excited and 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 definitely go to this race. Uh, Bubble Cross is awesome. I loved it last year, but this is this is an event, and I didn't find Bubble Cross to be an event last year. Not that that's a problem. It's a it's a good race, but it's not an event. So this one's a little bit further out, of course, but I think super worth it and just a really really fun, amazing course for a, a particular. I guess, kind of cyclocross racer, racer that I identify with. So uh, Sly Fox, 2017, Saturday the 11th. It's going to be epic. I, I'm pretty, like, I'm, I'm, mad, I'm mad that I'm not doing it, and I'm, but I'm also happy that I 
uh, I waited too long to register for it, so I, I basically have, I got to feel like I wanted to register, and it was a good excuse to, for my, uh, you know, I, I don't know why I like Bubble Cross so much. I mean, I, I just, I described it, but I don't know why I want to do it so much more this year than, than any of these other races, and, uh, and now I have an excuse. It's because Sly Fox sold out completely because I think a lot of people have a lot of fun there. Yeah. It's, and you know, the single speed races are fun. The three, four race that I'll be in has a ton of attention from the crowd. The elite race I didn't get to see last year because we had to leave, but I, I just imagine seeing the elites on this course would be really fun um, because it's all the kinds of technical problems that you, you want to see in, in a course dirt, if it's wet at all, that dirt stuff is going to be crazy. Uh, roots, uh, logs, planks, steps if you go the wrong direction, a ride-up that requires a ton of power and and sort of guts. So really, really cool uh, course. And, and again, just a, a, usually a huge event. Um, when it comes to the, the prizes, you know, I'm not really sure. I, I, did, I did some digging and and uh, it doesn't seem like they have anything, any prizes listed on the uh, on the actual uh, bike ridge site. And um, but you know, I, I imagine it's going to be beer prizes and uh, maybe pick your own choice from some table that has like bottles and bottle cages and and spare tubes and stuff on it. Right. Um, the the experience is prize enough. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to the last of the, you know, what I would say are smaller races or single day races that we're going to talk about. Uh, mm -hmm. and that's on Sunday. It is victory cross. Yeah. One that, Vic one that I'm going to be doing, uh, and we're going to be in the same race, Clay. That's exciting. I'm going to have to actually work pretty hard instead of like this last weekend where I kind of like chilled out. Um, it's always fun to race your buddies. Anyway. So victory victory is as far as I can tell a brand new event and is a brand new course and it wraps around loops around the, the victory brewery, which is kind of a, a big facility. This is a, a longer course uh, in terms of, of distance, but it is a um, shorter course in terms of elevation. It appears to be almost entirely flat. That could just be my eyes playing tricks on me, but it at the same time seems to have all of the features that you want in a cyclocross race. So it's packed full of turns. And again, you can see the, see the course map that we've annotated. Thanks to Jeff Appletans, the course designer, um, for sending us this this course map that we've annotated and put onto Instagram on at pre-ride pod. So you can check that out. And it starts and finishes right at the, uh, the entrance to the brewery where they indicate that they're going to have a beer garden. And it heads into three consecutive pinch points. Again, this is entirely flat. So all of the the technical stuff is either done through some off cambers or through turns, right? Or obstacles. So three individual 90 to 180 degree turns that will string out the field leading into some fast sweepers into some roots and then into what I assume is a um, sort of a wood section that runs over railroad tracks and a drainage ditch. So it indicates that they're going to be filling those those ditches in, but it might be cool if they leave them out. I've seen a bunch of Belgian races that are starting to leave um, ditches unfilled and basically it means a, a dismount or a jump over, which might be sketchy, but you know at pace it might might actually work out. Obviously these are runnable as well. Um, and there's plenty of Svenness videos that you can check out to see how to, how to do this. After this wood section, again, I assume it's a wood, wooded section. It looks like it runs through some trees. So you might bet that it's, it's, you know, single track. You come into a road section through their sort of delivery or, um, yeah, their, their shipping portion of the, the facility. And that might be a good place to catch your breath if you're really strong in the woods and on the grass and maybe let somebody catch up to you. 
that has been struggling and then maybe try to go again back as you get onto the grass and off of the, the road. And you run over this, what they're calling a muddy road section. Now it says also in the notes uh, that, they, that they gave us, I guess, sort of course director notes, it's best to avoid that section. Uh, I hope they, they actually use it because having a little mud on this course could be pretty interesting. Then a few 180 degree turns, always tricky. And then what looks like a section where they can either choose to run it over gravel or road or put it onto this off camber. It seems like this, this facility is built on, you know, sort of a built up foundation or a, a concrete pad that's at a higher elevation than the rest of the grass around it. So you can kind of assume looking at this map that all of the grass immediately surrounding the road surfaces is going to be off camber. So a little bit more tricky. And then you've got this winding section that leads into the start finish, which is right in front of the brewery and again, sort of on a, on a road surface or parking lot kind of surface. And you hit a sand trap going in both directions into the, the finish. So you come off these off cambers, run through the sand one direction, then it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine sort of tighter turns before you head back into the sand. And after that exit from the sand, you've got only three turns before the finish. So that should be, and it looks like a fairly sizable, um, fairly sizable sand pit that they've installed, or maybe as a probably a volleyball court for victory employees, but it's at least as wide as like a, like three or four car lengths. So it shouldn't be insignificant. And if you're good in sand and you don't have to run it, that means that when you head into the final barriers right before the finish, you're going to have a gap. And, you know, bunny hop the patriarchy, if you can actually jump over these barriers, <laughs> you're going to be um, in, in, in great shape heading into the finish. But also if you just have great, you know, barrier technical skills, having those barriers right before the finish is going to be a huge benefit for you over someone who is not able to remount as quickly. And that'll obviously depend or be um, reliant somewhat on where they put those barriers before a turn or, or with a big run-up into a turn. So again, check that out. Remember not to mount your bike while you're making it turn. Otherwise, you might tackle your wheel. So uh, give those things a try at full speed before you head out on the course, because that is a critical section if you are looking for places in this race, or if you're you know racing in a group. That's Victory. Um, really great beer. Love their Prima Pills. Great to support a, a local-ish brewery that has sort of made it big, and and looks like a a great course for for years to come. Uh, yeah, it, it, I'm actually really excited, not only about uh, doing a race with you, so I have to do the 3-4 race because I'll be, uh, after, after Bubble Cross, driving immediately down to my hometown in Virginia for my grandmother's birthday, and then the next day, waking up, driving back up to, uh, you know, our neck of the woods for, um, for this race. Not going to be able to make the 4-5 race, therefore, here I am, sitting next to Clay uh, in the start grid. Um, that being said, I'm really, I'm really excited about this race. I think, uh, later in the day, uh, especially these muddy sections are going to be left in, um, uh, after enough races, those will really be rooted out and be pretty fun. Um, call up protocols. Uh, I think for all of these races are going to be pretty standard. It's the, it's first two or three rows is based on the pack standings and the rest of it is either reg order or cross results prediction order. Um, uh, when it comes to prizes, I think the same thing goes here. You're going to win a six-pack or a growler or something from the brewery, uh, as well as like various swag, water bottles, uh, uh, a bottle, uh, neck gator, um, you know, things like that. Awesome. going to be a great weekend and lots of great smaller races to, to go and support. And don't take a huge drive to get there. And, you know, while other people might be up at NoHo, you know, getting their heads smashed in by the the best and the brightest. You can 
maybe find some results and some confidence at a smaller race, which I definitely need right now. Okay. What we wanted to do is, like, we've now done two episodes in a row where we sort of talk about smaller races and, like, uh, why you would do a smaller race and stuff. And it seems like uh, NoHo is also happening at the same time, and that is, like, the race. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's the real race. It's the real race. So we wanted to talk to somebody who has done it before, and it turns out not only are you doing it, but you are, you're racing in, like, the main event, right? Yeah. It's very exciting. <laughs> Is that is this gonna be your, this is gonna be your first time with numbers on shoulders in the in the the big race? No, no DCCX and oh. many others. Oh no no I meant like in at this race. So I've actually raced the UCI race at NoHo before a few years ago. When I don't know, it's a really long story. Basically, there was like shit on the internet about how there weren't enough women and the women's race compared to the men so they shouldn't get like equal pay and so I was like well fuck that like if that that is the problem then I as a cat three will just buy a UCI license and like get last in the UCI race I don't care and like I as a cat three freedom fighter that's um, awesome I don't know that that was like a great idea but I did that for a little while and then yeah, and then I, like, went back to Cat 3 races and, like, earned my upgrade points, and now I'm, like, really actually have to race UCI. You're required to now. Yes. Um, well, so really quickly, why don't you just uh, introduce yourself? Uh, okay, I'm Shane Farrow, a uh, longtime New York City cyclocross racer. I race for Two Seconds Ahead's elite women's team out of New York, and uh, this will be my third time doing the Northampton race, I believe. Anything else? Yeah. I like Twitter. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're good at Twitter. You're, like, historically good at Twitter. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, like, what the, um, like, about the race itself. Uh, like, what, what the atmosphere is like, what the, what it's like to be there as a, um, whether you're racing or just or just spectating. Okay, so I feel like historically when I've been at this race, it's always like the first weekend that it really feels like fall. And it's like getting cold and the leaves have changed and it always feels like this is like, this is really cross. Uh, and it's a pretty big race and it there's like a really sort of large infield where a lot of racing happens, but there's also like food trucks and lots of tents and it's a very sort of central location. So there's like all the spectators are in this one particular area. So it feels very sort of tight and like there's lots of people out cheering and hanging out because everybody's kind of in the same spot. And what kind of technical is it? Um, so there are lots of, there are lots of turns around trees and like roots and rocks where if you, and it's a little bit loose. So if you hit the turn the wrong way, you can slide out really easily. Mm. Um, there's like, I particularly remember there's this one like off camber turn where there's like one line and especially if it's been muddy at all within the last few days, like there will be one line. And if you hit the line wrong, like you are crashing Mm. and you don't want to be going into that turn with anyone in front of you. Um, and I, I mostly just know that it's really slow because if you hit the corners the wrong way, you will crash yourself out. Right. Uh, so there's like, there's very specific speed limits for a lot of these corners. Yeah. And there, and there are tons of corners. You're sort of going in and out of the trees. And so it's a lot of like, break and sprint and break and sprint. Um, there's also, there's also like kind of a long run up. Uh, I guess it's not that long, but, uh, there's a, a definite run up that you cannot ride, um, to get up into the woods. So like you start the woods, like really tired because you've just come, there's like a really long straightaway into the run up and then you're running and then you go back on your bike and you're like, can't see straight and you're trying to turn and, it's good. I, I mean, I'm pretty pretty mad that I'm not doing this. Uh, just because I, I think we should try to prioritize doing it next year, Clay. Of course. Um, but it definitely, like, it, 
in your experience, like how does the course race? For the most part, people are going to pace themselves correctly. Um, I would say there are a lot of like, uh, there's the techie wood section that we've talked about, but there's also the sort of infield section where there are long straight straightaways and you can like really put down a lot of power on the course. Uh, so I feel like it's probably going to like slowly spread out. Um, and I mean, I'm never going to see the front of the women's race. <laughs> Um, but there's also, there's this like railroad thing where you have to go over the railroad tracks and it's kind of a bump and you definitely, you can, you can get air. You can also get accidental air. I've seen that happen. Uh, you're, what you're describing is a, is a full send, I believe. Yeah. A full send. I've definitely seen people hurt themselves on the accidental send. Uh, there are also, and then that leads into sort of a long straightaway section that ends with barriers. And I have crashed into the barriers because of my foot didn't come out and I was going too fast. And I just like face first into the barriers mm. that happened once. Fast barriers are, are tricky. And I, I think, I feel like a very like cycle smart Meyerson, like, did you pay attention at camp kind of feature? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're really fast barriers. And then as soon as the barriers end, you have to get on your bike and do a 180. So it's like fast and then fast on the bike and then 180. Right. Is there a chance that it's faster to uh, to run through run through that 180 before remounting? Or is it like far enough away that you that you just need to get back on the bike? Uh, I think on the first lap, it might be a run through the 180. But I, to tell you the truth, I can't really remember trying to think there's also occasionally a sand section uh i've been one year where there was no sand and one year when there was sand but the sand i don't remember being particularly difficult sort of just like a volleyball court's worth of sand they do they do note on the site that there will be sand um you never okay. you never know though okay. like sometimes they just change it around sand is not the sand is not too scary if i remember correctly but like definitely keeps you on your toes right it looks like it runs through a uh like there does like a 180 right in the middle of a like a baseball field okay uh and i don't know if that's what they're counting as the sand this year um but that's usually pretty hard packed uh but because if it's a super tight turn and you're, it looks like a long straightaway right into that 180. So I'm imagining there's going to be uh, some some people sl falling down right when they try to hit that turn going too fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then from in your experience, the uh, what happens on day two? Uh, what happens on day two? I wish I could remember. Uh, I do know that there is like a pro only section that I believe is maybe only on day two and there's like a pretty steep drop off and it's pretty scary. And there's like one line. And if you hit the line wrong, then you go over your handlebars. And I do remember some people running it last year or I didn't go last year, the year before. So that's a problem that I'm just not going to have to deal with yeah. for a little bit. <laughs> For a little bit, nice. uh, but that, but it's yeah, eventually. But you know, like worth sticking good. around to watch people crash. Oh, that's that car. Yes. Yeah. What? Well, it's never fun to watch people crash. It's no, it's no, it's more not. Fun to watch. It's, it's. I'm uh, sorry. It's fun to watch people hit the line right exactly. and be like, "Whoa, yeah. I could do that maybe." I I like that on the map they uh they made sure to let you know where anti-doping uh control is. Um. <laughs> I don't know why. It seems like they put a lot, a lot of effort in to make sure that that's on the, on the map. Um, um, well, that's a good thing for me, who is like newish to UCI racing, and like I always forget that I have to check to see if I've been like called to doping control, and oh, uh, that's, I, that's cool. Yeah, I'm just like keeps me awake at night that I'm just gonna forget to check because like I don't know I got 35th in this race I know I got 35th I it doesn't matter if they like placed me wrong so I don't check and then I'm like oh my god did they call me to doping like am I gonna get like sanctioned <laughs> banned for life so just looking at like the course map both days it doesn't look like there's actually a whole lot of climbing like Nate like as you said some power climbs and some run-ups no it's a very flat course it's very flat what does that mean for for being able to see like the 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 next couple people ahead of you or behind you like what is what 
will that allow you to really figure out like uh, so back let me back up I, I suffer from this problem where like once I can't see the person in front of me um, I sort of have no more will to, to go mm-hmm. yeah. fast until, yeah. I, until I see someone creeping up behind me and then I start going again um, and so some races just because of the, the, the way that they're designed means the person in front of you might not even be that far ahead but, but you just never end up seeing them or they look so far away yeah Um, so i would say in the wooded section you can't really see the people in front of you unless they're just right in front of you but once you get down onto the grass section there are long straightaways and like you can see the whole infield so you really you'll be able to see the person in front of you hopefully the the one thing to point out is that it's going to be 21 degrees on saturday morning at 9 a.m and 27 degrees at 9 a.m on sunday my 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 best tip for racing in that kind of weather is one gloves what have you got in your hands because that's the only thing that is like going to be cold during a race everything else is going to warm up like no matter what you're racing in you're if you can't feel your hands that's a problem number two like wear your warm clothes what are your what is your plan to get like out of your sweaty clothes into your warm clothes as soon as you can after your race that's like the most important part to you enjoying the rest of your day. Listen, this is what I want to say. Uh, Northampton is great because they do number pickup at a great coffee shop the night before. The food trucks are always amazing. You can always get like a good like like protein, carb, vegetable combination out of a food truck and like a decent cup of coffee. And, and the race supports the jam fund which I think is a great program. And the Jam Fund people are always, I believe they sell like sausages and beer in the beer tent. It's a great time. Everybody should go to NoHo. With that, I want to say good luck at your race this weekend. Thanks. Good luck, you guys, at your smaller races. <laughs> at our not pro. Come come to NoHo next year. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, and uh, I guess now is as good a time as any uh, to say, uh, please clear the course. <laughs> you there. Okay. Get off the course. All right. Thanks, Shane. Have a good weekend. <laughs> you too. Bye.